Today's episode originally aired on the Zor Fitness YouTube channel in April of 2021. Today's episode is actually part two in a series, so I would encourage you to go back to episode 129, part one, where I talk about an athlete who's balancing powerlifting and run endurance training at the same time. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about an athlete who's balancing weightlifting progressions with row energy systems training. Enjoy. The fitness movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. We offer coaching and individualized program design, as well as educational content for coaches and athletes. It's all at one place, zorfitness.com. Hey, it's Ben Wise, and welcome to our second video in our guide to concurrent training. So concurrent training, for those of you who aren't super familiar with it, it's basically saying like we're taking two qualities and we're training them sort of at the same time or within the same cycle, within the same calendar year. Right, so that's what we mean by concurrently. We're basically doing it at the same time. So we're looking at strength and capacity here. We want to improve someone's, for example, 1RM numbers, and we're trying to improve their row capacity in the example that we're gonna be giving here. So today I'm actually gonna be talking about a CrossFit athlete. This is our second example. There was a video one if you wanna check that out as well. And as I mentioned, this athlete is really working on their Olympic lifting and their rowing. So let's kind of go over um, this avatar, this made up person that I, I have here and get some more details about them because I find that you know we leave it too vague in general. It's really not useful to you. So let's go over this. This person is a 28 year old male. They're single. So they don't have a spouse or kids or a ton of responsibilities that might come along with that. They coach 18 classes a week. This person works at a CrossFit affiliate. They have a moderate class load. They have a few one-on-one clients in addition to that. They have enough money where they support themselves, not a ton of extras, but they don't have a lot of responsibilities either. So a pretty flexible schedule, a pretty relaxed and pretty low stress life in this case. So they're coming off an off-season phase that is post quarterfinals. So quarterfinals, CrossFit quarterfinals was the end of their competitive season. They didn't advance to semifinals. So they took some time to get healthy. Um, I kind of walked them through the process of, you know, taking some time off and then, yeah, doing some things that they didn't do before, having some fun, doing some other types of training modalities that they didn't typically do as much in their competitive season. Just kind of, you know, get healthy again and to sort of revive and um, get back into the enjoyment of training. So we moved on for that. So they're sort of in the place where they're now ready to get back into a little bit more um, aggressive training again in the off-season phase. So their next event, they have a local comp coming up in October, but it's not something that they're taking super seriously. They're much more focused on the actual CrossFit season and wanting to perform as best they can there. So that's sort of the person, the avatar that we're dealing with here. And then a few other things that we should know about them. Quarterfinals, that test revealed two major weaknesses, or I should say confirmed two major weaknesses that they already had that we have identified, which is their Olympic weightlifting. Like their their snatch and clean jerk numbers are really not what they could be or should be um, for, again, relative to the other people that they're competing against. And yeah, the snatch is more of like a technique positional type thing. And the clean and jerk, they're relatively efficient there. It's just like their squat numbers need to be higher. So for example, they didn't do super great on the 4RM front squat event four or event three, the wall ball plus rowing event. So that was sort of the other limiter here is that they're rowing their pace. If we're just talking about like sustainability, um, but also like repeatability, if it's like a rounds or time type environment, like a 19 one scenario, both of those, they tend not to do very well. And so it's sort of like a rowing across the board. 
So for this athlete, we decided to use the 2K time trial as sort of a proxy for their development in, in rowing, just so we have a measurable, and then their one RMs for their snatch and clean and jerk. Another thing that I think is a limitation is that we probably still have some unknowns about this athlete. Even though I've kind of gone through that, it's still, it's hard for me to like write this fake person in a training uh, template unless I have a little bit more information. So I'm gonna pretend like I'm going through a consult process with this person or like a coaching call where I'm having more of a conversation Q&A type thing with them. So what's your goal for next year? Make the semifinals. I was 227th this year in North America, so I think that's within reach. Provided that one, top 120 in North America advances to the next round, I think I'd probably agree with them. Like top 120, that's certainly a big jump in placing, but it's also doable and like certainly a good goal to try to go after. What's your schedule look like these days? I'm pretty flexible. I mean, I'm already at the gym pretty much all day so I can get training sessions in before or after coaching classes as I need to. What do you think about taking this next training cycle to on really focusing on your Uli lifts and your row capacity? <laughs> this is actually something that I'll do quite a bit. It's like a word things in a way where the athlete will then like say what they think, but they're almost, it was sort of like an implanted thought into their head and they're like, oh yeah, like that is a good idea that we should be working on this. And then they tend to be more bought in if they think it's coming from them and their own sort of thought process. Um, but it's something that's really helpful anyway. Absolutely, my only one RMs and row ability are clearly holding me back. I'm ready to hammer those. Again, they're in the point in their season now where they're, they're pretty healthy, they're fresh, they're, they're coming off that off season phase where they're ready to get after it again. And we've likely already talked about and dialogued with like, okay, these are some of your weaknesses, these are stuff that we need to work on. We've reflected on that previous season. Again, you feel ready to go again, let's get after it. That's sort of where they're at. So a few things, principles that I wanna pull out of this. Number one principle is that the off season is the time to improve physiological limitations. So as you're getting closer to competing, you are not trying to improve your VO2 max. You're not trying to improve your one RM back squat because likely those things are not gonna get tested, right? You're much more likely to get tests in the Olympic lifts in CrossFit. You're much more likely to you know, have any sort of Metcon or mixed work, you're not gonna have someone like hooking an oxygen tank up to you and checking your VO2 max is what I'm saying, or a mask. So that being said, that's what I'm trying to get after here, right? And like, those are just proxies to performance. And it's important that we raise the ceiling on your, their performance, but that needs to happen in the off season because we need to, to focus on the sports specificity and expression of that fitness going into the competitive season. So the off season is the time to really focus on driving up some of their specific relative limiters in the sport. And because of that, we can pull back some of the mixed work. We can pull back some of the Metcons. We can pull back a little bit of some of the other, you know, volume of other skills that they had to touch on because they had to get ready to compete like now versus now we have several months, right? It's, they'll, they have the skills. They're not going to lose the skills overnight. It's a pulling back on those a little bit, narrowing the priorities to allow for more of a physiological push in one direction in this case. Another principle is that you can't get better at everything all the time. Again, we're not trying to get them better at getting their muscle ups better and their double unders and their this and their that and we have 10 priorities. They'll not adapt to any of them, right? We're much better off having everything be a little bit narrower, right? And making sure that they actually get better at those things. So having one or two, maybe three main priorities um, would work well. And then again, everything else goes on maintenance mode. For example, oftentimes these things are conflicting. So um, it would be really easy for me to say, oh, I want them to do touch and go deadlifts and rowing, which 
Yeah, certainly you could do that, but those are the same pattern. It's much more likely that you're gonna see overuse type things start to pop up if you're doing or training in that way. So it's just important to think about your priorities, what's gonna mesh well together. For example, if I was gonna have a third priority, something like ring muscle ups would actually probably fit in here pretty well because it's more upper body dominant um, or even like an upper body press, like a, a strict handstand pushup would go really well in this as well. So those types of things are gonna mesh really well. Just something where you're gonna have to work through it with your coach if you have a coach. Last, volume is endurance, load is intensity. So just, just as it says, if you're doing more because you're trying to get your capacity of uh, endurance higher that braids that ceiling, you have to be doing more, which means that you're like, you're spending more time on the road, you're getting more pulls, the volume is higher. Likewise, if you're trying to have maximal expression, you need intensity, meaning like percentage of your one RMs or load on the bar to bump that number up, right? So you're trying to get load to be as high as possible within reason and like undulating it and having it following all the good training principles. But basically in order to express the load, intensity has got to go up over time. So those things are opposite ends of the spectrum. And that's what we're talking about in concurrent training. This is the seesaw or the balancing that we're trying to, to manage in this training cycle. It's not even necessarily like, I don't necessarily have a really strong solution to this but it's something that you need to be aware of. It's important that I know that if they do super stressful energy systems training one session and they try to go back squat the next and they're just kind of drained and flat and they can't produce a lot of tension or like they don't have good glycogen stores, whatever the case is, right? They, they're not able to actually express well and that's sort of blunting their potential adaptation down the road. So it's just something that we need to be aware of. Um, and then we need to make sure that we're monitoring their systemic tension just as I said, and their joint health. Because again, if we're just hammering snatches and clean jerks and rowing and all of like, it's a, maybe a lot of knee flexion for them, certainly things could start to pop up that are an issue for them. So I actually wanna go through a sample training week for this athlete. The first thing I would do is actually create their, their template that I'm going to build the weekly uh, progression off of or their actual sessions that they would be doing off of. So that's the constraints that I'm putting on the program and the priorities and the focuses that I wanna stick in particular sessions. So basically you can see they have six days of their training, Thursdays, a majority rest day, Sunday will be off completely. Each of those days has an AM and a PM. The ones on Thursday are pretty non-stressful and not every single day, like Tuesday and Friday, or sorry, Tuesday and Saturday PMs aren't super stressful. It's a row accumulation in that case. So zone one, not being super challenging. Monday is AM is snatch and back squat. So those are the main stressful pieces, right? Certainly I'll be adding warmups. I will be adding primer type things. I'll be adding accessory work or like other mobility routines or joint health stuff. But those are the main stress pieces. In the PM, we're gonna be doing a broken Metcon with cyclical work or a cyclical component. A broken Metcon, the example that I have down here, if I, you know, you look to the actual week that's built out in the PM, is a 20 minute AMRAP of a six alternating dumbbell box step up, six calorie ski, six dumbbell thrusters, and a six calorie ski again. The key here is rest one minute between rounds, right? So it's a 20 minute AMRAP, but it's got that mandatory built-in rest. So it's like be able to sustain actually higher paces. They're gonna have that fatigue not to get accumulated as much. It's gonna be easier on them and they're gonna be able to sustain a higher movement quality while they're actually going through that process. Tuesday AM is clean and jerk and pulls. Again, actually working on their, um, just like a clean jerk percentage a build their progression. And then you also see that after the clean pulls, I have some strict handstand pushup work because I just find that that goes well with that particular pattern. 
you're already doing jerks, your shoulders are nice and warm, just go on some strict handstand push-ups after that. So that's the kind of stuff where you can have some maintenance doses of a lot of the other skills that are needed for the sport, but it's not like a main stressful piece. PM is that row accumulation. So this is pretty easy aerobic work. I'm making sure that they get off the erg once every like 10 minutes for like a minute, just to like kind of shake out the legs, you know, make sure, make sure not too much butt fatigue sets in. But again, zone one is pretty easy and they're getting on there and moving. And you'll see that's on there on the Thursday PM and also Saturday PM. And realistically, I'm not gonna progress that much week over week. It's gonna look pretty much the same. And then maybe as they get closer doing like a, a road time trial or they, you know, they've, they've gotten to the point where they've earned to pull out some of that volume, we'll start to slide that towards maybe intensity or maybe just pull out that session completely depending on that athlete. Wednesday AM is back squat followed by mixed intervals. So again, that back squat progression is staying in there. And mixed intervals is basically saying like, we're doing touches of sport movements that you're gonna see in the sport and we're making sure that we're doing it at a high quality and at a high turnover rate. So the example here is six rounds at an ascending pace, 16 cow air bike, 14 toes to bar, 12 bar facing burpees, rest 90 seconds between rounds. And then you have to, this is like the asterisk there, you have to increase the pace of that each round or you stop the workout, you terminate the workout. PM, this is the first time that he's actually seeing some harder row energy systems training. And we're gonna progress this week over week. So the main bulk of the, the stress piece here is four sets of a 500 meter row, so 2K total volume, 500 meter row at a ramping pace. So every 100 meters, he's gonna pick up space. So the first 100, it'll be at your 2K, plus 10 seconds. So if his 2K was a 143, he's gonna be rowing at a 153. And then every 100 meters, it's gonna drop four seconds per 500 meters in terms of his pace, so that he's ending at six seconds faster than his 2K time trial pace. He'll rest three minutes on the air bike between rounds, and then he's gonna repeat that for four total sets. Thursday is just some movement work in the, in the morning, just to you know, stay healthy and keep the movement sharp and the positions nice and ready. And then the PM is that aerobic work again, as we mentioned before. Friday, we're back to the stressful stuff. AM is the snatch and front squat. I really like that combination. Two reasons, one, we're getting another uh, touch on snatching in the week. I'm um, developing that skill in those positions further. And then also, uh, we've only clean jerked once this week so far, and I know they're pretty efficient in the clean jerk when we've been squatting a lot, but they haven't done clean jerk much. So understanding that we're gonna have you front squat because at least you can get that bar into the front rack and you know get under the weight when it's actually out in front um, of your center of mass. And that combined with some maybe warm up touches and metcons of like power cleans and stuff throughout the week um, will help kind of keep them sharp on the clean jerk. In their PM, that's their second row energy systems day. So you'll see that the main bulk of the stress is 20 sets, 35 second row at their 2K pace, minus three to five seconds. So again, if their 2K pace is 143, they're gonna be rowing at a 140 to a 138 in that range. Rest 25 seconds, and they're doing that 20 sets consecutively moving through. If at any point they fail, this probably wouldn't be the, the first week in this progression, by the way. I'd probably have them start at maybe 25 seconds on, 35 seconds off, and then like 30, 30, then maybe we'll get to the point where we're 35 seconds on, 25 seconds off. Likely, let's just assume that they progressed fine through that and they could handle that pretty well. They would then get to this point where they can do it. However, if they're not able to maintain it, they'd break that, like for any point, if they can't sustain it, they rest a full minute, sort of jump back into the, the actual workout. 
Saturday is the name game. It is a chance to compete for all of my athletes and it's a way for them to develop their competition in game day scenario skills, right? So as a look at the sport, it's something that's pretty complimentary with their week. Like it's a lot of gymnastics here. They're doing a lot of weightlifting earlier in the week and energy systems work. So no cyclical elements and it's basically, yeah, a lot of gymnastics. So that kind of fits well in their week and it's some, an opportunity for them to compete still and get a touch on that even though they're in the off season. And then in the PM, they're again going back to that easy row and just accumulating that work over time. So there you have it. That's sort of how I would potentially blow out a split for a CrossFit athlete if they're doing some sort of concurrent training in their limiter phase of training. So I hope you found this helpful. Hope you do something with it. Thanks for listening today. If you're someone who just started listening to the show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you can stay up to date. If you're someone who's been listening for a while, I would encourage you to rate and review the show. And lastly, the best thing that you can do to support our work is also the best thing that you can do for your performance. And that is by hiring one of our coaches. Until next time, stay the course.